The following presentation of the Midland City Council will begin in a moment. The Midland City Council is the city's legislative body that sets policies, approves budgets, determines tax rates, and adopts ordinances and resolutions to govern the city. It is made up of five elected officials that represent the wards in which they reside, and councilmen are elected to two-year terms. The mayor is elected from among the council members by vote of the city council. City council meetings are held at 7 p.m. two Mondays per month in council chambers at City Hall. This presentation is provided by the MCTV Network, a service of the City of Midland. Replays of this meeting can be found on MGTV Channel 188 on Charter Spectrum, through Channel 99 on at and UVerse, or on demand at www.cityofmidlandmi.gov. Select meetings are available on MCTV Network's Government Affairs Podcast Channel. To the flag of the United States of America and to the Republic for which it stands, one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. All right, Sean, would you please call roll? Honorable Mayor Donker. Here. Councilman Brown Wilhelm. Here. Councilman Wasbinski. Here. Councilman Arnoski. Here. Councilman Solar. Here. All right, thank you very much. Does anyone in council have a conflict of interest with anything that's on this evening's agenda? No, ma'am, Okay, seeing none, then we'll move on to the consent agenda. All resolutions marked with an asterisk are considered to be routine and will be enacted by one motion. There'll be no separate con consideration of these items unless a council member or citizen so request during the discussion stage of the motion to adopt the consent agenda is indicated. If there's even a single request, the item will be removed from the consent agenda <coughs> without further motion and considered in its listed sequence in regular fashion. Can we have a motion to accept the consent agenda? So moved. Second. Okay, first thing. Would anyone in council like an item removed from the consent agenda? All right, would anyone from the public like an item removed from the consent agenda? All right, seeing none, then all in favor, please say aye. 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 Opposed? All right, that passes 5-0. Okay, that takes us down to public comment. And this is an opportunity for people to address council on issues relevant to council business, but not on the agenda. So let me just talk a little bit about how that works. If you wanna make a public comment, you need to come up, stand on the blue mat, and address council with your comments. I should just say this isn't a back and forth conversation. Our job during that time is for us really to listen to your comments. Um, and we appreciate the fact that you're here to talk about whatever. So is there anyone out there who would like to make a public comment? Hello, uh, I'm Peter Sinclair, 3610 Devonshire Street in Midland. Um, as everyone is aware, there's a considerable controversy with regard to proposed changes to Ashman and Rod Streets. I am somewhat agnostic as to the question of one way or two way, but I'd like the council to consider another wrinkle that might draw more support from a broad segment of the community. Something that I know a lot of Midlanders have been thinking about for some time is the creation of a protected bicycle lane on Ashman, Rod, or both. The current proposal mentions possible bicycle lanes on Rod Street, which made me initially supportive, but those lanes would not be protected. The current bike lane on Ashman is not protected and therefore of very limited value, questionable safety in the minds of many and thus vastly underutilized. There have been recent discussions of the need for Midland to attract more young people. 
We need to recognize that we are in competition with other communities that are moving ahead to become more accessible and giving people more transportation options. Creating a safe bicycle corridor into our downtown area, connecting to our first class rail trail system, would signal to a lot of those bright and talented young professionals and families that we seek to attract that Midland is a forward-leaning community with an eye towards the future. We find ourselves right now in the midst of a huge and critically important expenditure to upgrade local dams, waterways, and storm systems in the face of climate change impacts that are only becoming more obvious. We saw an example statewide in extreme storms just last week. We've also seen major positive developments with a large wind farm and soon solar farms in Midland County. And we are home to corporations like Dow and Hemlock Semiconductor that have huge stake in these new industries. Making this kind of change tells Gen Z and millennials that this is a community that cares about them and has a positive vision for their children's future. I'm hoping that the council will see that a modern bicycle infrastructure fits with the overall trend of Midland's adaptation to a changing planet and that we can find a modification of current plans to make that happen. Thank you very much. Okay. Thank you very much. Is there any other public comment this evening? All right. Seeing none, then we'll move on. All right. That takes us to item number two. This is um, a request from Blessed Sacrament, or about Blessed Sacrament Church, and Karen Murphy is here to tell us about that. Thank you, Mayor Donker. Okay, so I'm here tonight to talk about a proposal that's been brought to the city from Blessed Sacrament Church. Um, here is an overview of the church, and you'll notice in blue, in a box in blue, is the play area that's associated with the church property. Um, the proposal that's before us tonight would donate that property to the city at no cost, along with a very generous donation to purchase new equipment. Um, this play area has been looked at a couple of times now by our park supervisor, who is a certified uh, playground safety inspector and the equipment that's currently on site um, the majority of it has uh, safety concerns and aging components to where we would not want to keep any of that play equipment in place there's a couple other pieces there's a swing set that um, meets playground standards but the height of a swing set determines how large the fall protection zone has to be around it and so we would uh, take that that piece of equipment down as well because you can have a smaller surfacing area and it saves you money in the long run. Um, so what's there right now is, is still being used, um, but if this were all in a city park today, I would have removed it quite a while ago because it's just aging. Here's a picture of it. From a distance, it still looks quite nice. But there's a lot of issues with um, rusting through on the decks and other concerns that um, just due to age and wear. So as I mentioned, the proposal before us is um, that Blessed Sacrament would deed the playground property to the city at no cost. Um, the city would um, also accept up to $200,000 from the church to buy new play equipment. And then the city park staff would, uh, would choose the play equipment, propose a layout. Likely what we would do is we would shrink the size of that play area. It's quite large right now and there's a lot of empty space that has fall protection in it. So we would shrink the size of it a little bit. We'd put um, some play pieces that would be similar to what we would see in neighborhood parks, um, like a smaller community park. Um, once we had the layout, we would share it with Blessed Sacrament for their input, and then the city would purchase the play equipment because we would get a government discount on that. 
and then my staff would do the installation um, in-house, including the fall protection zone. And the reason I, I like doing the installation in-house is my staff has done a lot of different installs, and we've also contracted out a few installs. Our in-house installs are always more accurate. Um, we put the equipment at the right height, we're able to put the fall zone where it needs to be, and we just feel more confident with our installation process because we do have um, certified playground safety inspectors on our staff. So what would this proposal do for the community? It would continue to provide an updated community playground that's adjacent to Wallen Park. Right now when people come to this location, I'm gonna try to back these slides up, I hope I do it right. When people come to this location, this is Wallen Park right here. And many people think that this is already part of a, a city park and we'll get phone calls occasionally about, oh, the playground at Wallen Park needs this or that. Um, so when people come to this park, they're utilizing this playground as, as if it were a community playground already. Oops. So we would continue to have a nice playground there. It would be all updated. The city would assume all future liability and maintenance of the playground. Um, so the Parks and Recreation Commission unanimously accepted or rec recommended at their June 6th meeting that council accept this generous offer. If the proposal were to be accepted tonight, the next steps would be that um, I would work with the city attorney's office to finalize legal property transfer from Blessed Sacrament and also the, the Diocese of Saginaw would be involved since they are the governing organization of the church. Um, we would work on that this fall. We would also work on a playground design and an equipment order this fall. We would likely remove the existing play equipment this fall to be ready for a spring installation. Uh, lead time on play equipment has been really lengthy this year. It, it could take anywhere from the normal six to eight weeks up to 16 weeks to receive play equipment. So we're hoping that if we were to order it this fall that we would have it in stock by the, the spring to do an install. So the resolution tonight uh, would do a couple of things for us. It would accept the property donation with the city attorney to manage the legal transfer of the property. It would also accept the gift up to $200,000 from Blessed Sacrament for the new play equipment. Um, and then once the playground design is actually done and a, and a true cost estimate is in place, then I would bring the request back to council um, at that point to do the formal budget amendment. I don't want to accept more money from the church than what we need for the project. And so I would come back with the design and with the um, budget amendment and purchase order approval at that time. So any questions okay. for me? Any questions for, for Karen? The playground equipment is it still supply chain issues manufacturer issues don't really know um, it, it depends on what you're ordering and and what manufacturer you order it from mm -hmm. okay I didn't get a chance to go by Wallen Park recently and I can't recall is there any playground equipment in the park no. there's not um, that park gets a lot of use there's a, a, a backstop for Little League practices um, there's some soccer goals and then it gets a lot of use from the Youth Football League, they do their practices there every fall. So you'll see kiddos there four or five nights a week, especially this time of year with football practices, and then their families play on the playground. It's a, it's a nice shortcut to Northeast. My kids walk through that park almost every day. Yeah, it gets a lot of use, just casual park use. What's, what's the download? They just don't want to mow it? No. What's, um, the church is just seems looking. Seems like a win-win for us. Right, sure. The church is looking to get out of the the playground business. They they don't have certified staff or trained staff on to maintain the equipment, um, like the city does, and they want to continue to offer that because their parishioners enjoy it. As there's probably more community use, I would say, than there is parishioner use. Yeah. But they want to continue to offer that, and this is a way that 
they can gift it to the community and then they can be ensured that it will be a safe well-kept area into the future you know costs I think always surprise us I mean I would be surprised if it came in less than that I'm, I'm assuming it's not going to be the it's the extent at which it currently is now right right it won't be to that extent and it depends on what we choose if, if we choose structures like a place structure those are more expensive than say individual standalone pieces mm -hmm. um, to kind of put it in perspective we have about eight to about eight pieces coming have, that have arrived for the miracle field and we paid 188,000 for those pieces now a couple of those pieces are very specialized accessible pieces that drives the price up um, but in this instance, that the $200,000 would also cover all the fall protection. Um, it's about $2,500 to $3,000 a truckload for fall protection. And when you're putting in a brand new um, playground, there'll be a lot of fall protection involved. So that'll be a cost as well. And there's also the cost for um, the actual installation. You, we put, I'm probably giving you too much information, I'm sorry, but I'm a playground geek. So we put these sono tubes in the ground, we fill them with concrete. So there's costs to all that as well. Sound um, tubes? And they're called sono tubes. They're oh. just they're a round, yeah. like heavy cardboard tube that contains the footing of the play equipment. Oh. It minimizes how much concrete you have to use and keeps it in a nice, nice tight space. Thank you. So there's a lot of components related to it, but we know that going into it. So when we have a two hundred thousand dollar budget, we know how much to allocate for those different pieces, and then uh, depending on what play equipment we choose, we'll just make sure we're conscientious of that budget. Is there an age? Uh target that you're looking for for the equipment like preschool early elementary typically with a with a playground that's more community based we try and do everything from age 2 to 12 and so there'll be like if we have a swing set for example we'll have one bay that's toddler swings and we'll have one bay that's belt swings for older kids um, we'll also look if we do any structures we'll do a smaller structure and then a slightly larger structure um, just to just to cover that whole age range okay thank you Will there be anything in this playground that's accessible? This, the budget for this is not for an accessible playground. Okay. Um, we're gonna focus those funds on the Miracle Field and having that be truly accessible with the rubberized surface. Um, the rubberized surface would add easily $80,000 to a project like this, at least. Um, so no, this one unfortunately will just be the um, fiber, which fiber, the, the engineered wood fiber that we use for the fall protection, it does meet ADA requirements, but is it truly accessible? That's, that's a discussion for another day. Mm -hmm. But we will use all of the ADA components that, that um, we need to use. Okay. Does anyone else have any other questions for Ms. Murphy? All right, thank you very much. Thank you. Okay, all right, is there any comments from the public regarding this particular topic? All right then. Okay, seeing no. Will you please, Sean, read the resolution? This resolution accepts the donation of the playground property at Blessed Sacrament Church to the city along with a gift of funding not to exceed $200,000 for the purchase of new play equipment to replace the existing aging equipment. All right, can we have a motion to accept the resolution? So, so moved. moved. Second. Okay, first and second. All right, any discussion on this? I just think this is in my ward, so and it it is used a lot, the uh, from the kids and everything, especially during the football season and everything, because you get the, the parents are over there and the kids will go play over in the park ground and everything like that. So I think this is again, as Tim stated, it's a win-win situation that'll benefit both. 
I grew up playing on that playground. It's been there a long time. It's old. I'm old. I get it. This is this will be nice. Oh, I didn't know it was that old. <laughs> oh. <laughs> All right. Ready to vote? Okay. All in favor, please say aye. 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 Opposed? Okay. That passes 5-0. All right. Karen, you're on again. This is just about uh, City Forest and the, the Bifo Trail, so please, if you'll tell us about that. All right. Thank you. So I got another exciting project tonight. Um, the Central Michigan Mountain Bike Association is a very active user group at City Forest. Um, they have a youth mountain bike program and, they, and their program actually spurred a second program to start up. So now we have over 200 youth riding mountain bikes each week in the summer um, with 65 adult coaches over a series of two to three nights. Um, so they're really putting some, uh, some young blood into the program. Um, this is a great alternative individual sport for youth. A lot of children don't thrive in a team sport environment, but when they have an individualized sport where they're still riding with others, but their goal is to improve their own skills, it really serves a good a niche for, um, for kiddos. So um, what the Central Michigan Mountain Bike Association is proposing is to add what are called flow trails and a skill park to City Forest. And so the flow trails are progressive training loops um, that test your abilities and improve your skills. So the example I gave to um, the city manager today was, uh, he said, well, what is a flow trail? I said, well, you know, I'm, I'm a 50 plus person and I wanna try mountain biking, but I don't wanna go out on the trails because I don't wanna hurt myself or embarrass myself. So I go to the flow trail, it's a half mile closed loop. I ride it a few times and I think, oh wow, I can do this. Or I go, oh gosh, no, I shouldn't do this. So it gives me that opportunity to try it out. And then for those that already have skills, in mountain biking, it gives them an opportunity to hone their skills in a more uh, safer, smaller environment. They're not getting in the way of other trail users if they wanna try the, the um, different obstacles multiple times in a row. So it gives you a safer environment um, than out on the trails. And these are also multi-purpose. So you can walk them on foot, you can use fat, buyer, fat bike tires, um, you can do mountain bikes, snowshoes, um, and then there's various <coughs> obstacles also in the skill park part of it. So the proposal would be for two natural surface looped trails. One, which is called the green loop, is a beginning level. And what I love, love, love about this is it's adaptive. It will be designed to be adaptive. So the trails will be wider with less outslope, so it will accommodate bikes made for riders with disabilities. And then the other loop will be what's called the blue loop, and this will be a higher skill level with more obstacles in it. Combined, there'll be a, approximately one mile of new trails. And these trails will be looped around the current um, toboggan run area in space that's currently not used for anything. Uh, the trails will be professionally designed and they're designed to be environmentally sustainable. They minimize erosion. Um, they're sloped in such a way to have water naturally run off of them so they're easier to maintain in the long run. And the nice thing about putting them near the toboggan runs is they can make use of the topography related to the property elevations already built into the property runs and the towers for their start decks and their roll-ins. And this is where I sound like I know a lot, but I don't really know as, as much about this as I do about playgrounds. But with these types of trails, you actually like start up higher at a higher elevation and you roll down into the trail to get your momentum going as you go around the flow trail. Will this be built into the ravine that's there? Let me show you, whoops, I have a picture <clears throat> coming up. So let me just show you some examples of what, um, and I apologize, the, I took this out of a fabulous presentation that the Central Michigan Mountain Bike Association did for the Parks Commission. The text is a little bit small, but I wanted to show you these are some of the features of the trail. 
um, that may that you will see in the in the upper left corner you see an adaptive bicycle and that's on an adaptive trail and there's there's berms you can see drops um, jumps and whatnot that you can try out on these on these little uh, trails and then this would be an example of some of the things that might be in the skills park so a few more obstacles and more um, direct areas to hone your skills so here's where the trails will be laid out you can see um, here we have the chalet up here um, we have the sled hill and then we have our toboggan run towers here and up here and so the green trail which would be the adaptive trail will be in between the toboggan runs and it'll be a little bit shorter distance so if you are a beginner or you are using an adaptive device um, you don't have quite as far of a, of a trail to run and then the blue loop will have the more advanced skill obstacles on it and you can see that's much larger much longer in length um, than, than the green loop and then the bike park or skills park area will be um, in this area up here am I seeing that right is that green loop inside of the toboggan run between yes. the rails yep, yeah between the rails yep, yep. <clears throat> So it doesn't look like it's going over existing cross-country ski trails? No, it will not. Nope. It will be um, an uninterrupted area so that as you're on the loop, you don't have to worry about crossing intersections or other trails. And that's another thing that makes these flow trails safer if you're trying out your skill is you don't have to worry about you know, people coming at you and cross trails. So the Central Michigan Mountain Bike Association presented this to the Parks Commission in concept back in February, and they asked for preliminary support to work on um, a design for the project. Um, and the Parks Commission was very supportive at that time, and, and so the Central Michigan Mountain Bike Association went out and they raised $13,000 for the design work. They used a crowdfunding grant from the International Mountain Bike Association and the Shimano Company, and they raised all the funds to uh, create the design. And they came back to the Parks Commission in August and presented the completed design. The design is still conceptual. It's not completely firmed up yet in terms of like what features will be included in the park um, or what exact materials will be used. But they have a price range of between $150,000 and $200,000 to build it. And the Central Michigan Mountain Bike Association has committed to raising all the funds for the construction as well. And with a project of this nature, because my staff, like with the playground, my staff by far are the experts. On a project like this, we are not the experts. The mountain bike trails at the, at the city forest are very much uh, managed by the user groups in conjunction with the city. So they do all of their own builds out in the trails. They do work days in the city. We may provide an, an employee with a piece of, with a bobcat, for example, loader to move equipment, but the, the real brain trust comes from the user group and they say, this is what we're gonna build, this is how we're gonna do it, here's the materials we need, and the city supports it. So in this case, I am recommending that the Central Michigan Mountain Bike Association be the technical experts and actually lead this project. So they would raise their money, they would hire their contractor, um, and the contractor will have experience in this type of flow trail system. And then they will uh, manage the project along with park staff. And then when the project is completed, they would donate a completed project to the city. Uh, future maintenance will be provided by the Central Michigan Mountain Bike Association user group in conjunction with the city. Um, and we've already talked about what that agreement might look like. Uh, right now, the, the group already does great uh, work on the, on the trail system itself. They do a lot of work days and they trim brush and they fix bridges when they break. They do all kinds of uh, work for us. So we would just add this flow trail and skills park to that and formalize that agreement. So they would be in there making sure that things are kept up and maintained. 
Um, so as I mentioned, the Parks and Recreation Commission reviewed the design proposal at their August 2nd meeting and they unanimously recommended that City Council accept this and allow it to move forward with it being donated to the city as a completed project. Oh, I guess that's it. So again, will, will there be any city staff actually doing the construction or? No, nope, that'll be a, a contracted firm that, the, that Central Michigan Mountain Bike Association would hire. And they have a couple of, um, th there's actually some members here if you had any pointed questions um, to, to serve as backup because again, this isn't my area of expertise, but they have some companies that have done this type of trail work all across the country that they've been working with so far on the design and they'll likely contract with one of those to do the build as well. Okay. Any concerns about staging? You know, if you've got construction materials, it'll be taking up some of the parking space and things like that. There's a lot of room out there. We'll, we'll definitely work with them to find the best place to, to stage materials and the timing of when they build it too. So you're looking at changing some of the obstacles yearly or bi-yearly or something like That's that? That's a great question that I can't answer. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I mean, if I, I'm, I can uh, have someone come up and help me with that if someone would like to speak to that, so. So the features that we're talking about. Yeah, and will you just state your, your I'm name, I'm Steve please. Keeley. I'm the president of Central Michigan Mountain Bike Association. Um, so the features we're talking about in the skills park would be permanent. They're, they're fixed in place, concrete basing. They're very solid. Um, they're very safe that way. You don't want anything that's going to move when you're riding. So they're, they're going to be permanent once we decide what's going to be there. So. I have a quick question. Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay, so this weekend, I thought it was interesting. This was on the agenda. I saw a flyer, and it looks like, are you still fundraising? We are. We okay. haven't begun because we're waiting for this final approval. Okay. So we don't want to promise something that we can't deliver, of course. Mm -hmm. So, okay. yep. Yep, I've seen some flyers around town. So. Okay, great. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> through, through a friend of a friend, I've been in contact with a CJ Bray. Yep. He's our vice president. He yep. sent me a video on this. I was very impressed. Yep. Mm -hmm. I, I didn't know it was going to be on the thing here tonight, but until Thursday, but I, I was thoroughly impressed. And I guess this would be like the best mountain bike trail, like within 100 miles or something. Um, probably the Tri-City areas, there's nothing really like this. So um, it's kind of an explosion of trails like this in Michigan um, and across the country. So if you go to the west, there's a trail by Hardy Dam called Dragon Trail. Yeah, and that, it's I got just a video on that. Very popular. It's it has every aspect of mountain biking you could ever ask for. It's got great views. It's got the lake. It's got the flow trail. And they're gonna model on. this after that. Correct. It is the flow trail concept, and it's professionally built. They do a great job. Um, they make it so. Imba actually came up with the concept, which is our parent organization, and it's flowy but yet it's very sustainable. It, uh, if you get heavy rains or anything, it doesn't wash away the dirt. It's designed to be a lifelong trail, very little maintenance, and just tons of fun. Everyone loves them, so Seems they're like super win -win. popular. Yep. So I'm not a trails person. I'm, okay. I'm more of a playground person, probably. You will be a trails person. Maybe, maybe yeah. I will be, because if I could get on one and realize yeah. I'm not going to kill myself, maybe, maybe <laughs> yep. I would. So Bentonville, Arkansas, has, is known for it. Exactly. So is that what this? It is 100%. Bentonville has had just an explosion yeah. of trail building because of the Walton Foundation. Right. Um, they, they're self-proclaimed the mountain bike mecca of the U.S., mm -hmm. Um, they have more trails than anywhere around, and they're finding 
just the community gets so much healthier. Um, it's just bringing tons of business into the area. There's just all kinds of benefits to a nice natural surface trail that people can have fun on and it's engaging and just all, all good things. We, we call that placemaking. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, it's yep. awesome. Very cool. All right, any other questions? One more for Karen. Okay. Thank you for being here. Yep. Uh, side issue, BMX Park. What's happening with that? The BMX Park has, is slowly being reinvigorated by a user group, um, and we've actually had some races and stuff over the past two seasons, and um, they have donated a lot of labor and materials to try and get that up and going again. Thanks. I walk through there quite a bit, and I see people out there taking care of that weed whacking. They're all on their own time. Yeah, and the BMX track is an interesting animal because it's because of the clay that it's made of and the type of racing that's done there. Weather can really wreak havoc on it. Um, these trails will be different because they again they'll be the soft surface. They won't be the clay based. Um, when it rains, if we if we don't close the track and keep people off of it at BMX, they can destroy the track in a matter of an hour. And so it's really, um, it takes a lot more finesse than what these trails will take in terms of maintenance. Okay. Any other questions? Yeah, that was one thing I was wondering how, because it feels like the BMX track is kind of an off-limits type place. It's not very welcoming in terms of, you know, going over there. It seems like you have to You've got to have some skill. Yeah, you've got to have some mm -hmm. skill. And that, this right. sounds a little bit different. This mm -hmm. sounds like it could be really more of a something consistent with a public park. Sure, and, and the fact that there's the beginner's trail and right. the advanced trail, I really, I, like, I really that like that component. And the adaptive component, of course, is right up my alley, so I'm excited about that. Yeah. Right, any other questions for Ms. Murphy? All right, thank you very much. Thank you. Are there any comments from the public as it relates to this? All right, I just need you to stand on the blue mat and state your name and address, please. Name's Andrew Corinda, 5118 High Ridge Court. Um, I'm a member of Central Michigan Mountain Bike Association as well as a coach for the Midland Mountain Biking Crew, which is one of the youth groups. Personally, I work with our youngest members, so I'm working with kids that are between four and six years old. And so this trail and this system of trails will be huge for this group in terms of enabling that level of progression. Uh, and currently, it's amazing what these kids will go out and do and the skills they'll build and the confidence and the personal character development that they'll have. Um, but this will really amplify what we're able to do with these people, as well as being able to bring in the more adaptive uh, crowd. You know, we, we have had people with disabilities participate, and it's great to see, but the more that we can have and the more accessible these parks are, as um, Karen was saying, this would be excellent for, the, for everything that we want, want to do with the city as we're developing. So, awesome. thank, thank you. you. Any other comments? All right, seeing none, Sean, will you please read the resolution? This resolution accepts the gift of a mountain bike, flow trails, and skills park to be constructed at City Forest by the Central Michigan Mountain Bike Association. Okay, can we have a motion to accept the resolution? Motion. Okay, I, think we had, I think we had a first and second yep. here. All right, discussion. It's exciting. It's going to be a great addition to City Forest. Looking forward to it. Like I stated, I like the concept of the, the easier <laughs> and the skilled uh, trails that you're going to have. So, I think it'll end up being a, a landmark place. Like people mm -hmm. will start talking about it. People will come just for that. I'm all mm -hmm. over. 
I think it's a win-win. If they do, we're going to have to think about the parking lot. (laughs) But no, I think this is the kind of thing that really does improve a truly public park. We've got a lot of parks that are kind of set aside. This is one that gets a lot of use Mm -hmm. uh, in the city. And I think having something that's another activity-based course is is really a positive for, for this particular I think this is a great example of what Midland's all about. I think when you drive in the community and you see the sign Modern Explorers, I think this is a whole modern explorer thing. I think it talks about you know, loving your community and co-creating the kind of things that's going to make it a, a, a great place to live. So thanks a lot for this. I think it's going to be a riot just to watch this um, take place and grow. So it's very exciting for us. So thanks for that. So with that, are we ready to vote? Mm-hmm. All right, all in favor, please say aye. 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 Opposed? All right, that passes, 5-0. And, lucky us, <laughs> that takes us to the end of the agenda. So is there any new business? Any new business from council? I wonder if I could just bring it up uh, in regards to Mr. St. Clair's um, comments and everything. Uh, when I've been talking on the phone with the Rod and the Ashman stuff and everything like that, and usually if they're opposed, I've actually brought up this suggestion. Would you be interested or would you even think about maybe two lanes and a dedicated bike lane? I mean, basically one that's separated. And the response has actually been, I'd say 70% of the, you know, the ones that are saying, no, I don't want, I don't want it to go two way. I want it to go, I want it to stay one way. But then if I bring that up and everything, there's an interest in it. So I just wanted to bring that up, you know, for everybody to kind of noodle on if, if that's an option when we make the decision. Yeah, I think we have a long way to go on this. No, yeah. I agree. And I think it's important that we talk about it's not this or that. I think it's about what are our options and what is going to really set us up for success in the future. So I, yeah, I think the, the bike lanes is, is a whole different discussion and yeah. this is part of it but it also kind of highlights you know I've kind of groused a bit about our existing bike lanes on this on the city streets are you know basically a stencil on on streets that aren't always maybe they're sufficient for cars but they certainly are not sufficient for for bikes mm-hmm. um, and you get an example like Mr. Sinclair talked about and, and I've written down Ashman and Rod on my bicycle and it's it's not a great feeling without the separation you know it came up in Indian bottles which I thought was frankly ridiculous that's just way too busy a street but um, I think looking at if we're gonna if we're gonna go that direction for bicycling I think you need to really have something that's more of a dedicated uh, lane that's like I said more than a stencil and maintain the surface and then have some sort of barrier but that's you know that's throughout the city not just on these two streets but it's fair point that he brought up and so you got that I do. Well, if I may just add, so um, we've gotten through public comments and there were a lot of comments actually that came in from the cycling community and that is one of the things that's been put forward. Um, This has been referred to the Center City Authority to look at it from the Center City's perspective. The Downtown Development Authority has also been asked to comment on it from their perspective. Ultimately, the Planning Commission will be looking at that as well. So any of these comments, including the early comments and the ones tonight, will all go to those boards and commissions. Um, before it comes back to council for consideration and probably in October. Okay. All right. I have something. Okay. 
Yep, I just wanted to speak to um, the residents over in the Adams School area because for about the last six weeks, we had some road work started um, and wanted to make everybody aware that I, nor the city, was aware this work was going to start. Um, we had some signs put out the day before basically saying it's a police order, you can't park. And I took a few pictures of them and sent them to Brad and said, Brad, did I miss a memo here? But I didn't. And so nobody had a clue what was going on. We weren't notified ahead of time. And then Monday morning, they came out and started the work. And then they started the work, and they've been gone now for the last six weeks. And now they're back. So I just want to say to those um, residents living on the streets where all those construction work is going on, hang in there with us till the end of this week. They are doing the top coating and putting uh, the paving on the top and are expected to be done by this Friday, if That's I believe what they correct. Tell us. Yes. Okay. So I've gotten a lot of text messages, phone calls. I've responded to everybody who's reached out to me. But for those who are just wondering that may not have reached out, uh, we should have this wrapped up by the end of this week. All right, and then I guess I just have one other comment is um, our next meeting is not until September 11th. And in September, um, we will be, the, the community will be celebrating Neighboring Week. It is the week of um, September 28th, that's National Neighboring Day. So um, please, you know, think about, you know, that's something all of us can do to build our community is to just, is to be a good neighbor. And maybe you have people who live in next door to you or down the street that you haven't met. It's nice to, you take the time to go and introduce yourself. Or um, there we will, um, through the Cultural Awareness Coalition, there will be a, um, a film, it's called Join or Die. Um, it's about how service clubs, you know, really the work that they've done and how it's important um, for us moving forward as, as a country and the things that they've accomplished. So, and we'll be having a community conversation on that. So, um, if you want any information, you can contact the Cultural Awareness Coalition or you can contact me and I'll be happy to put you in touch with the right folks. So, is there anything else? Well, if we're gonna talk about events, I may as well throw one out there. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, go uh, right ahead. <laughs> speak, speaking of Neighboring Week, on the 27th, the, at Grace A. Dow Memorial Library, we'll have a return of the Goats with Floats event, which we um, did last year with great success, to the point I think we had to buy out every bucket of ice cream in the city. Um, we had so many people showing up for that one, but that'll take place on the 27th as well at 530. Um, unfortunately, that's a joint meeting that we have scheduled with the Planning Commission, so we'll be here, but uh, we mm -hmm. invite all the members of the community to come out to the library and, and meet their neighbors. Awesome. All right. Anything else? Then we're adjourned. See you on the 11th.